Hello, and welcome to Champagne and Murder, please. I am your host, Brittany. I hope that you guys had a great week and great weekend last week. Um, today, we are drinking a Prosecco Rosé. It's about $25. Um, try it out. It's refreshing and light, and it fills your glass with peach, melon, rose, and grapefruit notes. It's ideal not only to enhance all your sunny days, but for drinking year-round. So you should give that one a try. Um, I have a short one today. It's about Mavon. It's the autumnal equinox and all the celebrations that have to do with that. So without further ado, let's get into it. So after the high energy of the summer season, the wheel of the year turns to the Sabbath holiday known as Mavon. The holiday is a time of introspection and giving thanks. Mavon represents the second time of the year when the masculine and feminine energies are in balance on the edge of returning to darkness. Mavon is another term for the autumn equinox that often occurs around September 21st. Days become shorter and nights become longer if you are in the northern hemisphere, and the reverse is true in the southern hemisphere around March 21st. The term Mavon is named after a Celtic sun god of the same name. Mavon, or fall slash autumn equinox is also called the second harvest festival, the festival of Dionysus, harvest of the first fruits, and wine harvest. The festival of Mabon is one of the many harvest festivals celebrated around the world by different cultures. The Greeks, Bavarians, Native Americans, Chinese, and Druids all have their own unique ways of celebrating the bountiful harvest. In the lunar cycle, September marks the wine moon, which is the time for harvesting grapes. Early pagans considered wine and grapevines sacred following the commemoration of Dionysus, the god of resurrection. They believed that grapes and wine were symbols of rebirth and transformation. In mythology, Mavon is the time when the god of light was defeated by the god of darkness, resulting in longer nights. In Celtic folklore, Mavon is the son of Modron, the great goddess of the earth, who was kidnapped for three days after his birth, making light go into hiding. Moreover, Mavon symbolizes the male figure of the harvest. In British folklore, Mavon is associated with Hearn or Herney, I'm not sure, I didn't look that one up, sorry, the hunter, and marks the beginning of deer hunting season in many places. Mavon is the time to celebrate balance, reflection, and grace. Among the symbols used during this season are mid-autumn vegetables like squash, eggplant, pumpkin, and gourd. Anything made from apples, like pie, cider, or applesauce. Baskets and harvesting tools symbolizing gathering of crops and anything made with grapes, but most especially, the wine. Aside from traditional feasts, such as such symbols are also used to decorate homes and altars. Modern Druids' celebration of Mabon is related to Alban Elfred as the time of balance between light and dark. In China, Mabon falls on the moon's birthday. They celebrate this time of year by baking cakes made of harvested rice to honor the moon who will, in return, bless them with abundance. In some English countries, Michaelmas, or the Feast of St. Michael, is observed on September 29th. A meal of goose and St. Michael's bannock, bannock sorry, is traditionally served on this day. In Nigeria, the Yoruba people celebrate the Yam Festival every October with dances for their ancestors and the fertility of crops for the succeeding year. Each fall, the Iroquois people gather together for the corn dance to give thanks for the ripening of grains. Many pagans and Wiccans regard Mabon as a time to give thanks and share blessings with the less fortunate. 
For some pagans, it's the time when the Holly King regains the upper hand over the Oak King at the autumn equinox, until the winter solstice, or Yule, where the cycle begins again. Mavon altars are usually decorated with the seasonal colors of orange, red, yellow, gold, and brown. Some light a bonfire at night and do ritual dances, while others appreciate the autumn constellations. A Mavon altar is set up with the best produce crops, including apples, pears, rose hips, elderberries, blackberries, and other mid-autumn fruits and berries. Some set up outdoor altars with three candles, a match or lighter, a wand, incense, bread, and wine or cider for offering or sharing. In addition to a ritualistic altar, Mabon is also celebrated through apple picking, enjoying the gifts of nature, and the counting of blessings. Mabon is one of the ancient feast days according to the Great Wheel of the Year often attributed to English paganism. It is an eight-armed wheel that influences yearly celebrations. In modern pagan beliefs, all things revolve in a cyclical manner, including life and death, wherein each point of the wheel represents cross-quarter days of the lunar calendar. Aside from Mabon, the wheel also includes Yule, Imbolc, Ostara, Beltane, Midsummer, Lamas, and Samhain. Mabon is often celebrated by Wiccans with colors and symbols representing the harvest season. Mabon is the second of three harvest festivals, with Lamas and Samhain being the first and the last. Mabon is a time rich in magic, all connected to the changing seasons of the earth. Why not take advantage of nature's bounty and work a little magic of your own? Use apples and grapevines to bring magic into your life at this time of year. And I hope you all celebrate Mabon. It's a good time. And um, send us your celebrations like what do you guys do for Mabon or the autumn equinox we'd love to hear it I just wanted to throw this this other thing in here um it's about a fiery debate spontaneous human combustion proponents contend that the phenomenon in which a person suddenly bursts into flames is very real skeptics however are quick to explain it away a photo documents the gruesome death of Helen Conway, visible in the black and white image taken in 1964 in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. It is an oily smear that was her torso and behind an ashen specter of the upholstered bedroom chair she occupied. The picture's most haunting feature might be her legs, thin and ghostly pale, clearly intact, and seemingly unscathed by whatever consumed the rest of her. What consumed her, according to proponents of the theory that people can catch fire without an external source of ignition, was spontaneous human combustion. It's a classic case, believers assert, Conway was immolated by an intense, precisely localized source of heat that damaged little else in the room. Adding to the mystery of the investigating fire marshal said, that it took just 21 minutes for her to burn away and that he could not identify an outside accelerant. If Conway's body ignited from within and burned so quickly that she had no time to rise and seek help, hers wouldn't be the first or last death to fit the supposed pattern of spontaneous human combustion. The phenomenon was documented as early as 1763 by Frenchman Jonas Dupont in his collection of accounts, which was published in as De Incendis Corporis Humani Spontaneus. Probably said all of that wrong, but that, that's fine. No one will know but you and me. Charles Dickens's, 18, Dickinson's 1852 novel Bleak House sensationalized the issue with the spontaneous combustion death of a character named Crook. 
That humans have been reduced to ashes with little damage to their surroundings is not the stuff of fiction, however. Many documented cases exist. The question is, did these people combust spontaneously? So how it happens. Theories advancing the concept abound. Early hypotheses led, held that victims such as Dickinson's crook were likely alcoholics so besotted that their very flesh became flammable. Later, conjecture blamed geomagnetism. A 1996 book by John Hamer, The Entrancing Flame, maintained emotional distress could lead to explosions of defective mitochondria. These outbursts cause cellular releases of hydrogen and oxygen and trigger crematory reactions in the body. That same year, Larry E. Arnold, publicity material, calls him a parascientist, published Ablaze! The Mysterious Fires of Spontaneous Human Combustion. Arnold claimed sufferers were struck by a subatomic particle he had discovered and named the pyrotron. Perhaps somewhat more credible reasoning came out of Brooklyn, New York, where the eponymous founder of Robin Beach Engineers Associated, described as a scientific detective agency, linked the theory of spontaneous human combustion with proven instances of individuals whose biology caused them to retain intense concentrations of static electricity. Skeptics are legion. They suspect that accounts are often embellished or that important facts are ignored. That the unfortunate Helen Conway was overweight and a heavy smoker, for instance, likely played a key role in her demise. Indeed, Conway's case is considered by some to be evidence of the Wick effect, which might be today's most forensically respected explanation for spontaneous human combustion. It holds that an external source, such as a dropped cigarette, ignites bedding, clothing, or furnishings. This material acts like an absorbing wick, while the body's fat takes on the fueling role of candle wax. The burning fat liquefies, saturating the bedding, clothing, or furnishings, and keeps the heat localized. The result is a long, slow immolation that burns away fatty tissues, organs, and associated bone, leaving leaner areas, such as legs, untouched. Experiments on pig carcasses show that it can take five or more hours, with the body's water boiling off ahead of the spreading fire. Under the wick theory, victims are likely to already be unconscious when the fire starts. They're in closed spaces with little moving air, so the flames are allowed to smolder, doing their work without disrupting the surrounding or surroundings or alerting passers-by. Nevertheless, even the wick effect theory, like all other explanations of spontaneous human combustion, has scientific weaknesses. The fact remains, according to the mainstream science community, that evidence of spontaneous human combustion is entirely circumstantial and that not a single proven eyewitness account exists to substantiate anyone's claims of, quote, poof, the body just went up in flames. And that's a little bit about spontaneous combustion. It was just a bizarre truth that I, that I found. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Champagne and Murder, please. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. I hope that you guys have a great weekend coming up, and I hope that you have a great week. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with us or follow us on our socials, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If you have any stories that you would like us to read on the podcast, you can send them to champagneandmurderplease at gmail.com. And I will talk to you guys again next week. So remember, stay safe and don't take candy from strangers. Goodbye.